It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away back, gone. Go hey! It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. We might need to push the game back today because I haven't been this excited about the game of baseball maybe since I first got into this business. That's how big the changes that happened today in Major League Baseball are. This is massive. This is going to be one of the biggest changes in our game that I personally believe that so many of you, the fans, are absolutely going to love. And, and forget just opinion, I've got data and numbers to prove it. What a show we got for you in the treehouse today. If you're sitting out in the parking lot listening or watching, uh, we'd love to have you in here. Happy hour in the treehouse. It's a Friday. It doesn't get any better than that. Hispanic Heritage Night and Amori P. Gonzalez, the Hall of Famer, who's off to our right here, who is in so many Hall of Fames, he can't even remember all the Hall of Fames he is in, of course, in the Bay Area Radio Hall of Fame. The Hall of Famer is going to join us at 4.15. Via Mile Machine, who I think has to absolutely love the rule changes today for a player that he is, uh, is going to be here at 4.45. And then we'll have the Mark Kotze show at 5 o'clock. We'll address this with Mark Kotze, but... Obviously, we do this interview really early in the morning. And when I mean really early in the morning, I mean early in the morning. Uh, what do we do today at 9 a.m.? 9 a.m. The rules weren't even official yet. <laughs> they, had, they hadn't even – I don't even think they showed up to vote yet. But uh, we will address a little bit of that with Mark Kotze. So it was an 11-person competition committee, and part of it was players – but in this committee, what they were able to do was to change some things in our game that is going to dramatically affect how the game is played on the field. And it's going to address a lot of things that have been a problem. Baseball over time, and we just celebrated the 0-2 team. And the 0-2 team was great, and it was magical, and baseball was new, and all these things were going on. 
And how cool was it? Thinking outside the box, as they like to say, in Silicon Valley back in the day, which now people hate that. But yeah, they were thinking outside the box. We don't have the money. We've got to figure out how to compete when we're not going to be able to spend all this money on free agency. How do we compete? And then next thing you know, technologies come into our game. New technologies come into our game. And over time, innovations were good. And they were good for players. And the way we train our players and make our players better. How they eat, how they work out, how they take care of themselves, how we train them. A lot of good things happen. But then over time, we started to realize our game may not be changing for the best. Our game might not be changing for the best from an entertainment standpoint. Maybe for individual teams it was good. But for the entertainment of our game, the launch angle revolution, the strikeout revolution, home runs up, strikeouts up, time of games up. Getting to a point to where the average game now over three hours. Ball not being put into play five, six, eight minutes at a time. The three true outcomes up every single year. Shifts in baseball. Batting average down. A fight between traditionalist and the new wave fan. And the new wave fan, I'm going to be honest with you, was a jerk. And has been a jerk. There's a lot of ways to enjoy our game. However you want to enjoy it. Most of you, you want to show up. You want to watch the game. You want to have a sausage. You want to have a beer. You want to have some pizza. You want to have a hot dog. You want to have popcorn. Your kids want to run around. You want to come up to the treehouse for a cocktail. You want to be outside. You want to enjoy baseball. That's the fun of it. That's the majority of people. But then came this new fan that wanted to browbeat you that batting average doesn't matter, this doesn't matter, and you guys are idiots for thinking about it and believing that. And they browbeat you really for the past 20 years over it. Well, these rule changes are going to change so much of that because the reason they wanted to tell you batting average didn't matter is because batting average was going down. Because they wanted what? They wanted home runs. It's a home run revolution. It became walks and home runs. And unfortunately, what came with walks and home runs was strikeouts. Less balls put into play. I'll give you just an example, Cody. Back in 1980, so I'm eight years old, I love baseball. 80%, 87% of the time the ball was put into play. Pretty good. 87%. So ball leaves pitcher's hand. Ball's going to be put into play. Today, it's 67%. 20% difference in the amount of action that's in the game. I have kids. I can't get my teenagers, my teenagers, to watch a game with me. I can get them to watch a couple innings, but it's boring. And I can really say that now. I've hated today's baseball. I've been in this business for over 30 years. I grew up in a baseball family. My family's a part of baseball history. I've said it. My grandfather was the most valuable player in the National League in 1947. The first ever MVP third baseman was my grandfather, Bob Elliott. My my grandfather was on the Wheaties box. 
I grew up in baseball. I played baseball. I played college baseball. Baseball paid for my education. I live and breathe this sport, and lately I've hated it. And you told me, certain people, that I was dumb for believing what I believed in. And really what we've realized is that baseball from the aspect of making it entertaining again, because we're the entertainment business, is we had to regulate against you people the last 20 years that have changed our games. Yes, front offices, you did what was best for you. I'm not going to hate you for it, but in the end, you made our game less fun. And in the meantime, because you made it less entertaining, made it less fun, NBA and NFL passed you. That's facts. And every single time I look up after a World Series and every single time I look up after an All-Star game, I hear about record low television ratings. That's all I hear. I hear all I hear is bad news. And you, front office people, you didn't care that the game was three and a half hours. I don't blame you. Your job is to win games. Your job is not about the entertainment. But the problem is we now have to make rules against you. Because you're hurting our game. As much as you thought you were being smarter, you were hurting our game. We've got to speed it up. We've got to put balls in play. We've got to make it more entertaining. So what's the pitch clock going to do? Well, it's going to make guys get on the mound and throw the ball. And what have we seen now that we've implemented this in professional baseball, in the minor leagues, still we're talking about the best pitchers in the world. They may not be here in the big leagues, but they're in the minor leagues. They're still the best of the best. What have we seen? We've seen less strikeouts. We've seen less walks. And we've seen, number one, faster games. You want the averages real quick? Love it. Triple A, two hours, 43 minutes. Double A, two hours, 40 minutes. High A, two hours, 34 minutes. Low A, two hours, 36 minutes. Now. Major League Baseball average, three hours, four minutes out from 310 last year. So basically you're taking 25 minutes away. And what, 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 what happens and bothers me is I've heard people say, well, I don't, want, I don't want my game to be short or less action. Look at last dive bars in the house. My man, Brian, last dive bar, let's go. Tree has, look at all the prizes he has for you. Look at his pants. I mean, come on. It's Fabulous Friday. So, so th these are. Those are MC Hammer pants. That's what MC Hammer, he would wear black, but he's got them in the gold. That's looking sweet. Doesn't move quite like MC, but uh, he's bringing <laughs> gifts, and that's all that matters. Welcome to the party, my friend. That's what you get here with the treehouse. Now, people have, people have this belief, and this is where you have to be open-minded. You believe, I, I've heard this. I've heard this from our buddy Rightfield Will. I've heard this from Amelia Schimmel. I don't want less baseball. Folks, we're not giving you less baseball. The amount of time, the difference, the action doesn't change. This is where you are all very smart, smart people, and you need to understand this. We're still playing nine innings. There's, three, there's still three outs per in, uh, half inning. Which is how many outs? 27. That's that Pennsylvania, yeah. California. 54 total if you add up both sides. So... We're not, we're, not, we're not taking away your outs. We're not taking away your innings. We're taking away dead time. This is less standing around, more action. You have to understand that. We're still playing nine innings, 27 outs. That doesn't change. It's the dead time is gone. And where this is going to dramatically affect teams, 
Well, it's going to it's it's going to change. Stolen bases are coming back into vogue in the minor leagues because of you can only throw over twice. You can't hold the ball as a pitcher forever. Stolen bases and and athleticism is coming back. Great for the game. Mets have a guy with 70 steals in low A. The way you build your team defensively and with athletes, you're going to, you know, these, these, these teams that rely on home runs and walks, you're going to have to rethink that. So if you're like the Giants, you're the Yankees, the way certain teams are built, you got to rethink that. I mean, you're going to, I mean, seriously, batting average, we'll get to that with the shifts. Uh, but we're talking about the pitch clock now. Where you're going to see the biggest difference is inning seven, eight, nine. 50 of the slowest workers in baseball, guys that hold the ball and don't deliver the ball at a fast pace, 47 of the 50 are relievers, and they're late-inning guys. We're so used to the late innings coming to a screeching halt, and we've accepted that. That's no longer. So... I'm going to sit on the mound. I'm going to huff and puff and blow your house down, and I'm going to throw it, and then I'm going to get it back, and I'm going to wait, 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 and then I'm going to huff and puff and throw it. Those days are over. you got to get on the mound, or you're going to get charged with the ball. you got to deliver it. So probably the pitch clock, the biggest change, I think the second biggest will be in starters and how far starters go, which, oh, my God, Cody, will affect how – Guys actually factor in games with yep. wins and losses. Wins might matter again. Uh, the last part of the games are not going to slow down. They will keep that pace. And how relievers are taking so much time, they won't be able to do it. And that means at the end of the game with those 100 and this guy throws 103 miles an hour, we're going to see velocity come down, strikeouts come down and pace increase. If you look at the – you brought up the 47 of the 50 guys in pitch tempo or the slowest of relievers. Kenley Jansen is the slowest at 26.1 seconds per pitch. Can 26, you where Cole Irvin is the fastest starting pitcher at 14.1. So he's right at the pitch clock. What is it, 15 seconds? So he's under the pitch clock. He told me before his goal now when the pitch clock comes in, this is before it happened, that he wants to get a game in under two hours. I think it could happen if you have him in a fast worker like a – uh, Sil Seth from the Angels, someone that the pitch is fast, not someone that starts games or the pitch is game slow. Uh, the A's have two guys in the top 50. It's Sam Mall and there was one other. Now Come I'm on, trying. Sam. Get on the mound, throw the damn ball. There was one other person. I'm, now I'm drawing a huge blank on who it was. Ray and I were talking about it earlier. Uh, uh, but there's a lot of closers that are. Zach real, Jackson. Uh, Danny Jimenez. No, nope. Acevedo. Nope. Acevedo. Those are two two of the slowest guys. Were the, uh, those Okay, let's the do this. Everybody ready, right? All right, everybody ready? Quiet on the set. Well, they don't care. All right, ready? We'll do it live. Ready? We're going to do it live. I've thrown the – now, does it – Does it? when does the time – I don't even know. When does the timer I, I think start? It's, I think when the pitcher gets the ball back. All right, I am Canley Jansen. I've just got the ball. Everybody be quiet. You ready? Go. Oh, my God, how uncomfortable was that? Uh, well, as being former radio guys, I mean, the dead air for two seconds is death. I mean, so. how uncomfortable is that? That's how long it takes Canley Jansen to throw one pitch. One pitch. Now, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitter, it's not a big deal. If you're listening on A's Cast, you have to be thinking, what the hell happened to these guys? Yeah. I'm surprised How that, long was that? I'm surprised I didn't get a message. I'm sweating that took so long. I'm surprised I didn't get a message from uh, Ruth and her team with Shout going, are you guys off the air? Are something wrong? Yeah. Did Wi-Fi go out? <laughs> yeah. That's how long it takes Kenley Jansen to throw a baseball. I mean, that is unbelievable. 
one of the slowest starters, Shohei Otani, 49th out of the out of the 50. It was Otani and another, yeah, it was Otani and another Angel starter in Another there. reason why he shouldn't be MVP. It takes too long to throw pitches. Shohei Otani. Amori P. Gonzalez does Spanish radio for the Oakland Athletics, Hispanic Heritage Night here uh, at the ballpark. Uh, it was so funny the other day as, you know, through the years having you on, knowing the greatness of your career, we joked how many Hall of Fames you were in. You couldn't even name them all you can't remember. Well, thank yeah, you, you for you, – You've now had the time yeah. to think about it. Yeah, thank you for inviting me, first of all. And I agree 90% what you guys were talking about. The changes are good. Uh, I'm in the Bay Area Radio Hall of Fame, Hispanic Heritage Baseball Hall of Fame, Cuban Sports Journalist Hall of Fame, and one in Puerto Rico. I really couldn't remember the name, and I think it's in the websites, the Puerto Rican Hall of Fame or something like that. He's in a lot of Hall of Fames. He's kind of a big deal. That's how it works. How are you? I'm fine, and um, trying to uh, cheer the people for the A's for next year, maybe. This year's done. So let me ask you, does this – this team sound better in Spanish than it does in English? Well, we get a little more passionate, more exciting. Sometimes I have to grab Manolo. He's falling out of the booth, you know. <laughs> but besides that, everything is fine. <laughs> I've been on a long time. I remember the 1979 season. I remember that. I started with the Charlie Finley A's in the mid-'70s. You were here for that year? Yes, I was here for 1979. They lost 108 games, so nothing uh, – Surprises me in baseball. They're rebuilding. That's been the story of this franchise. And hopefully four or five years from now, we could be in another World Series. How about my 1989? How about that? There it when is. When we beat the Giants in the, during the Loma Prieta earthquake. We won the first two games, and then came the earthquake. We won the last two games. Faye Bisson. Vincent was the interim commissioner, and he delayed the World Series for 11 days, and we won it. So I tell everybody the A's were better than the Giants before and after the quake. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, of course, we're honoring a guy. Uh, it almost was kind of unfair that, you know, you get Stu right, right out of the gate, and then you get Stu again after the earthquake. That's well, in the, his prime. It's, uh, that, that's tough sledding for the Giants. We might never see another guy winning 20 games four years like Stewart did. I mean, you know, you don't see that anymore. Maybe with the changes, pitchers will get some more decisions. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of old school. I remember 1980 when George Brett and Rod Carew were hitting 400. Yeah. And George Brett, he ended with 390 that year. Uh, we might never see that again. The average at 210, 220. Although with these changes, I think it's going to change uh, baseball a little bit back to the back to the future. Well, you know what shifts will do, and don't buy what Brian Kinney, our good friend, friend of the program, is trying to say on MLB Network today, because what they try and do is they try and bring in. They, they, you know, in television, you go, you want to use the top names in the game, right? You say, well, you know, Freddie Freeman or Paul Goldschmidt, they don't need it, and every player should be like that. Well, every player's not like them. How does it affect the average player? How does it affect Chad Pender or V-Mal Machine that's going to be here? But especially for left-handed hitters, ground balls to the right side. And let's face it, if you're a left, you grow up a left-handed hitter and you're going to make it to this level, you have a great ability to pull the ball. Not everybody is Tony Gwynn, Wade Boggs. Most guys drive the ball to the ballpark. They hit it either up the middle or they pull it. Well, you've taken that on the ground away from them. Now you bring it back, and we could see an adjustment in just a year, but we're probably going to see this in a three-year stretch coming up here starting next year, where you see anywhere from 20 to 30 points of batting average put on a lot of different guys. That's a lot more balls put in play, and you're going to see guys, because it's a game of math, you'll start to see guys' numbers in just in general go up. 
Well, let me tell you, you mentioned Bimael Machin. He's from Puerto Rico. He's going to play in the Winter Series in the Dominican and in Puerto Rico, both countries. So he wants to get better. A lot of the Latin players like to play in the Latin leagues. And I would suggest a guy like Nick Allen, who I think is going to be the shortstop of the future here, the president, he could go there to play in Venezuela or Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, and get his skills a little honed, you know, a little better. So uh, that is important. I remember the days when I started in the business, most of the players went to the Latin leagues. The reason was they didn't make the money they make now. So they need to uh, supplement their salaries, and they play in Cuba, they play in Panama. But now you still need it. You can use the winter leagues to, to get better at baseball. You know who used to talk to us about that was our late great friend Ray Fossey. Ray Fossey went down and played. Yes. And it's the experience. It's a different type of baseball from – I guess you'd call it more like a college football atmosphere to yes. where it's rowdy, it's fun, it's it's energetic, the fans are going nuts, it's super competitive. You know, it's more than just, you know, people sitting around drinking a beer and a hot dog. It's a lot of fun, but you can learn from playing in that environment. Yeah, it's a lot of passion and a lot of dedication, and uh, it's great. And I recommend anybody who's on vacation that likes baseball after the season ends, uh, Ace fans especially, you can go to Puerto Rico and see those games, and you're going to recognize a lot of those players who are playing here now. And you're talking about great competition, too. Yes. I mean, elite players. Yes, it's pretty good. It's almost like AAA, maybe some players at Major League. A lot of players are basically AAA caliber. You know, you think about Hispanic Heritage Night here tonight, and I know you've been from Cuba, so many great now Cuban ball players. But just when you think of uh, Latin America, you think of uh, the Caribbean, you know, so many of our great players, Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, you always think about where you know, we just talked about Tony Kemp being nominated for the Roberto Clemente Award, but so many unbelievable pe- players and what they've done for the game of baseball. Well, baseball right now, is that uh, 33% of the major leaguers are Hispanics. You know, they're born in Latin America or they're born in this country, speak Spanish. But, yeah, Clemente was a great player. When I started, I remember seeing Clemente. I was writing for a newspaper, El Mundo, from downtown Oakland at 20th Street. I used to cover both teams before I started broadcasting, and I covered Clemente. He was a very disciplined man. He used to tell us, you have to be disciplined, you have to be patient. Baseball is like a game of chess. And that's what you're talking about, that the, the average is now pretty low, the shift, every Everything has changed. So now we're coming back to, I think, what baseball should be. You know, it's not a game that you should be uh, controlled by the clock. This is not the NBA. It's not the NFL. It's baseball. It's a different. It's a game. It's more of a game than anything strategy. It's a totally different game. Yeah. Once you start bringing in certain things, you start taking, it's hard to say this, but you take the game out of the game. Right. Right. Like, and we mentioned this with Stephen Vogt yesterday, is you got We'll just use some pitchers. Some pitchers are so into their data that you're getting off like TrackMan and that they're so into what a spin rate and their, you know, the way their breaking ball is moving that when you get out on the mound, the only thing that matters, do you get outs? Yeah, well, you know, uh, you mentioned Kenley Jensen a few minutes ago. I was here when Mike Moore pitched for the A's. It took a minute and a half between pitches. It oh. took forever. That's no good. That's no good. See, I, so I don't, I don't like a clock on the game, but you have to have some restrictions because some guys, uh, Mike Hargrove was a human rain delay. Yeah. He came to the plate, and, you know, adjusting his sweatbands, the umpire standing there. That's ridiculous. You know, it's a game. You have to move it. You have to play. 
The players from Cuba, and we learned so much, Yoan Cespedes, and how Cuban players get to come over here, and it's just it's so hard to believe that we're still dealing with this in 2022. How do we change it? How does it, and I know a lot of it has to do with politics between our two countries. Well, I was in Cuba. I was 15 when Fidel Castro said, I'm a Marxist, Leninist, I'm a communist, and people started leaving the island. My family was middle class. Cuba was very advanced in 1959. It's 90 miles from Miami. And uh, things change. Aside from politics, you have to have Cuban teams visit this country. Like uh, it happened in 1999, I believe, with the Orioles went to Havana. You have to have that diplomacy by baseball because Cuba, everybody plays baseball in Cuba. When I was a kid, everybody, if you, you were a boy and nine years old, you didn't play baseball, your dad took you to the psychiatrist. What's wrong with you? It's like soccer in Brazil. Everybody plays baseball in Cuba. So it's important to have that uh, exchange of players. So they come here. Now, Giovanni Cespedes, I remember when he started playing here and I asked him, what's the toughest thing about the big leagues aside from your salary and the ho good hotels and you eat well? the pitching. He said, the pitching here is out of this world. <laughs> he used to say that. A lot of the Cuban players says the pitching, you see stuff here you never saw in your life. <laughs> yeah, the thing about when you play on that Cuban national team, though, you do play around the world. You yes. know, it's like when we went to the Tokyo Dome in 2012, it was, what, Kurt Suzuki and Cespedes right. were yeah. the two guys that played, because Kurt had gone with the A's before, and then Cespedes had played with the Cuban national team at the Tokyo Dome. So these Cuban players play around the world. The big question, you know, when you think about it, it's like, well, how, how, how do we get it so these guys can come? Because there's talent there that people want to sign and they want to bring over here. You know, I mean, the Yesio Puig story of how he got here was just, it's its mind-boggling. I believe he's trying to come back. He's playing in the Korean baseball organization, the KBO, I believe. He's trying to come back. The, there's only two, two ways a Cuban player can make it. Defect when they're playing, let's say, in Holland or some country that's neutral, or escape the island. 80% of them escape the island. They risk their lives, their families' lives. So it's, it's very tough. So it have to be an understanding. It's, it's, a pol it's out of my decision is a political decision yeah. between the countries it really that's what it is yeah and i remember not that long ago baseball playing over there and people said like if you go i don't know have you been back no i have not but they say if like you go back you like the cars are from the 50s and 60s yes and yeah i have friends who visit quite often it's like a time warp there is 58 chevrolets and 54 Cadillacs and stuff like that. They keep it in good shape. Because if you're that's a car enthusiast, hey. Well, that's what they have. No, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I had an old Volvo years ago. That's about it. But no, uh, yeah, Cuba is like, you visit Cuba, it's like you're going back to the 50s. The only difference in the 50s, there was food, there was gasoline. There's, there's a lot of shortages in Cuba. It's like the old Soviet Union. It's a, it's a big mess. So when you look at to where baseball's game is today, how do you like our sport where it is today? You've been covering this game a long time. I don't like it. Too many changes. I'm not a big fan of this commissioner, God bless him, but I, I like it the, the old way it was, the hit and run, hitting behind the runner, uh, take a couple of pitches, go to right field, uh, do stuff like Freddie Freeman, you know, move around. Uh, Aren't we going to get that with no shifts now? 
Uh, I hope so. I hope yeah. so. You have stealing, to learn it. Stealing is, by the way, st- stolen up. bases are up in the minor leagues? Yes, it's up. Uh, even, uh, what, Shohei Otani has, what, 20 steals? Incredible. The guy can do everything, but that's that guy's a freak. He's in another world. But, yes, I think we're going to get more speed. I like these changes you were talking about today. I love them. Uh, the shift is gone. I remember David Ortiz used to tell us in Spanish, I don't like it because I hit a lot to right field. You know, but he was retiring already. He's in the Hall of Fame, right? But a lot of the big players don't like that. They just don't like it because you play 20 years in the big leagues. You're used to hitting to right field. That's the way you make your living. You hit to right field. Now, Big Papi is a different story. He hit over 500 home runs. He's a slugger. But the average player has to learn how to play. Yeah, the average player is not hitting 500 home runs. No. And to actually not have all four guys over on the right side is going to open up holes. Now we'll see, instead of the launch angle revolution that we've had, now you can hit a ball into right field on the ground and get a base hit. I can't tell you how many times, God bless him, we love him, and it wasn't his fault the days put him there. Marcus Simeon would be playing in short right field. He'd get a ground ball in short right field, throw it to first base, and we'd have to score it in our scorebook 6-3, and he's playing short right field. Get rid of that. A couple of years ago, I was watching TV at home. I saw a play, Manny Machado. I thought he's playing right field. He was playing... I swear to God, he's playing. In foul territory all the way down the right field line. I I couldn't believe it. I wish I would have taped that. I, I couldn't. That's the best example. That's crazy. Well, let's end on this. A night like this, how proud are you? Well, I'm very proud of being born in Latin America, and uh, 33% of the players are Hispanics, you know, and the big, the largest minority, with all respect to the African Americans in this country, are Hispanics now. This country is becoming very Hispanic, the culture, and that we're very similar with, from the same continent. Uh, you know, if you come from Colombia, it's the, this hemisphere, you know, it's just South America, and this is North America, this is America, Cuba's in the Caribbean, so we all together. Would you rather broadcast a game that's three hours and five minutes or two hours and 35 minutes? Two hours and 35 minutes. I still have a life. I got some grandchildren. I love the game, but I like to go home, too. I love the game, (laughs) but I don't like it at three hours (laughs) and five minutes. No, sir. No, I agree with you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. It's great to see you. Thank you, my friend. Take you care. are the best. The Hall Thank of you. Famer right here. We got more coming up next right here. Hey, we got rules changes. We've talked about pitch clock. Let's get into shit. Do we have time for shifts next? We're going to do shifts. Why baseball will be better next right here on A's Cast Live. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. 
Brewart.com. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. We got a special guest, Vival Machine, joins us here in the treehouse as we're getting you ready for the Athletics and the Chicago White Sox. It's happy hour. We got all the happy hour deals here at the treehouse. Come up and see us. Uh, how are you? And thanks for coming up. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, um, thanks for having me. You know, the one thing that's been a lot of fun watching this year is you play third base. I mean, you've done a fantastic job defensively. How much – I always knew you was kind of a middle infielder. How much third have you played in your professional career? Well, uh, I got drafted as a shortstop uh, uh, at Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, so when I got drafted by the Cubs in 2015, I was uh, mostly second and shortstop. Yeah. And towards the end, uh, before I was uh, rule five by the A's, um, I started playing first and third. So just coming here and uh, – them telling me that I was going to play all over, all over the infield. Uh, it didn't take me as a surprise. So, um, yeah, at uh, the beginning, you have to get used to it, uh, especially at this level. But um, I've been getting a lot of reps in practice and games, so you, uh, you, you kind of get used to it. Well, what I love about it is versatility's king. And when you bring a bunch of gloves to the yard every day, that means you're going to get at bats. And yes, I think that's yes. the one thing. It's like if, if you only play one thing, well, you better be really darn good. A person like yourself that plays all over the diamond, you're going to get a lot of run. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I feel it's not only me. Uh, we got a couple guys like uh, Pinder and Noisy that, uh, and TK. Uh, like we can play multiple positions. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, being ready to go. Um, no matter where you play, just trying to be, uh, bring something to the table to help the team win. And third base, first base too, but third base because you've been playing there the most, the hot co- corner, so different from shortstop. The amount of time that you have, how fast the ball gets in on you, uh, the responsibilities of from playing short and second up the middle compared to playing third. Just talk about middle infield versus corner and how different it is. I mean, it's, uh, for me, it's based on uh, angles. And, I mean, you said it, uh, playing third base, you got to be more ready, obviously. I uh, feel like the ball comes at you quicker. <laughs> than, A lot quicker. Yeah, <laughs> than uh, second and shortstop. But, uh, like I said, as long as you have a pre-pitch setup that I've been working all year with uh, Imar, uh, you kind of get used to it, like I said at the beginning, and it's just a matter of uh, uh, being ready every pitch. Is there a right-handed hitter this year that comes up and we go, oh, boy, this guy turns on it, whoa, boy? Um, to be honest, uh, well, two guys, Josh and Stanton, uh, obviously, both of those guys uh, crushed the ball to third base, and I mean, it didn't cuff me a guard, but it got it got into my glove pretty quick. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, the the line drive. Uh, I believe it was the second or third game of the series. Uh, the judge hit at me. I uh, kind of <laughs> tried to catch it, and I ended up missing it. But I mean, we got we got him out at first. But yeah, uh, those two guys. Uh, I mean, we all know they're 
they're big. So if, if they put a good swing on it, it's going to be it's going to be hard for sure. You know, today is really a historic day. The changes that they have made that will be implemented next year. Why it's so great to have you. I mean, we have Hispanic Heritage Night, which is great, but. The fact that you've played with these changes, you've played with the pitch clock, you've played with banning of the shifts. How do you feel about it? Is it a big deal, or do you show up next year going, ah, I've already done this? Well, being in AAA, like you said, uh, most of the year, uh, it, gets it was tough at first, especially uh, getting in the box uh, when 19 seconds, I believe it was, or 12, something like that. Uh, well, it caught me off guard at the beginning because uh, sometimes we, we like to take our time kind of to uh, breathe and regroup uh, to get ready for the next pitch. Uh, so we didn't have as much time as, we, as I wanted. But um, if you keep playing, you get used to it, obviously. And uh, also the bases, I uh, heard they were kind of they're doing it like yeah, uh, AAA. So at first it was kind of weird uh, having a big, you know, base in front of you. Uh, especially to uh, how, how are you going to hit the or touch the bag. It was kind of weird for me, but um, you get used to it. Uh, they've been doing it all year down there, so I don't think it will be a big deal. Uh, maybe the shift. The shift is something. <laughs> as a hitter, you you might want you might want to you know get rid of the shift. But I mean, yeah, it's something that at first is gonna feel weird from some players, but uh, I feel like you can get used to it pretty quick. I mean, I like my chances as a left-handed hitter hitting the ball on the ground when there's two guys there versus three or four. As a left-handed hitter, especially these power guys who have just said, listen, I hit a ground ball, I'm out. Might as well try and lift everything. Now getting a base hit on the ground to the right side, you got to love that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, especially, like, me as a hitter. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like hitting. I don't get. I don't like to get under the ball a lot. So I'm kind of like a line drive hitter. So having that is for me is going to be a plus. Uh, sometimes, like you said, you crush the ball to second base, and all of a sudden, the second base is right there and catch it and throw you out first. So I mean, yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to uh, get rid of that. To be honest. Well, the one thing that always got me, and luckily in my playing days we didn't have it is everybody was taught to hit the ball back up the middle, square it up, hit it back up the middle. Well, all of a sudden, back up the middle, what you're taught your entire life is now an out, whether it's a ground ball or a base hit. I mean, a ground ball or a line drive used to be an automatic base hit. Now it's an automatic out. Having up the middle again, hitting it back up the middle, knowing that you got a chance for a legit base hit, will that make you feel better? Yeah, a lot better, a lot better for sure, um, especially with all the analytics that you have, all the positioning. I mean, I, I mean, it happened to me yesterday. I feel like I had a good swing off seas, and all of a sudden I hit it up the middle, and Elvis Andrews was right there. Yeah. I mean, something that we can't control, but having that uh, middle open again and those, uh, like, the four-hole or six-hole will be, be nice. It'll be nice. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be a relief to get a couple hits. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the bigger bases thing, like, a lot of us have no clue. Did – it affect you more good bad as a defender or as a runner well it'll be it'll be harder as a defender because now um especially up here in the big leagues uh you have uh you have a lot of guys that are they are uh, plus runners um like a guy in the, like, like julio rodriguez you put a ball in the, in the dirt or even acuna you might want to get rid of the ball quick so as, as a runner it'll be easier obviously 
feel it's shorter now for them. But uh, as a defender, you got to make sure you catch the first, obviously, and then make a good throw and a quick throw. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a challenge for sure. I mean, up the middle, man, you got to get that tag down quick with a yeah. guy stealing, right? I mean, I, does it – like, I have no clue. Like, I've never seen what one of these bags look like. When I walk out on the field, am I going to go – Wow, that's like a big pillow. Is it like a huge difference? Well, um, it, might, it, might sound, it might sound funny for sure, but uh, <laughs> the first time I saw a base uh, this year in AAA, I treated it as a pizza box. It was that big, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> a I large say, pizza or a medium pizza? I, I would say medium pizza box, but, like, I saw that thing and I was like, oh, wow. Like, what is this? So it's noticeable. Yeah, it is, for okay. sure. Uh, you comparing the back, the bases here and down there, yeah, you can you can definitely notice the change. Uh, big night tonight, Hispanic Heritage Night. What does it mean to you playing in this game tonight in front of these fans? It means a lot. I mean, having a day like this, uh, especially all the Latins that, that are grinding, especially in the minor leagues and here, uh, I mean, to have a night like this is special to uh, – for us because for us to show everything that be, uh, we've been through and all the good things that happened to, you know, to a Latin player, helping here in the States, an uh, organization to, you know, bring something good to the table every day to uh, make something special happen. So having, having a night like this and play in front of the crowd on a Latin now is something that, you know, that's a Latin you, I will never forget, obviously. Uh, my first night in the big leagues as the Latin night. So, uh, other than the Roberto Clemente night in 2020, I believe it was. So, yeah, it's something special for sure. A lot of people don't realize when we have these players come from a different country and don't speak English, and all of a sudden you're thrown in these small towns and you're riding on buses, the grind and what you have to go through, not only to be successful as a player, but just learn how to survive in a foreign land in a different country, people don't realize how tough that is and what certain players have to overcome. Yeah, it's, it's a grind, like you said, uh, especially if you have a family, like you got kids, you don't see them, you don't see them often. Uh, that's, the first, that's the first thing that comes to mind, uh, leaving the family in, in your country. And uh, like me, I'm from Puerto Rico. I have, I have to travel the country, the whole country, to get here in, in Oakland and having my family in Puerto Rico, three hours, I'm three hours behind them, so it's tough. Uh, different culture um, for some players. The language, like you said, you first get here and you don't know what's going on around you. Um, they, they start talking to you even in baseball and you don't know what's going on and you don't want to mess up, you know, so it's tough. Uh, but like I said, to have a, to have a recognition like this is, is big. It's big because... Uh, we've been through a lot, no doubt. Well, we appreciate you stopping by the treehouse, and you really have the best line. I'm going to think about that now. And people say, what is this new rule like? And just be like, just think of a medium pizza box. That's what's out there, uh, first, second, and third. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a medium pizza box for sure. <laughs> that, you, that We have to get used to it again. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks for having have me. a good game thank tonight. You. We got appreciate more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. We're here in the treehouse. It's happy hour. We're playing bingo. Free prizes. Drink specials. What else do you want? We got a DJ. What else do you want? Uh, Nothing. Uh, I think it's $5 Modelo's too. What else do you want? Don Julio's out there, I'm pretty sure, for tequila. I'm seeing Budweiser. I'm seeing Don Julio. We've got uh, food options, Oakland Street Eats. I mean. I should have had my. No, see, what, 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 what else do you want? My, my brother-in-law. It's a party. My brother-in-law is a TikTok influencer on tequila. I, I wish I'm joking. I was joking. but what, what exactly does that mean? He rates tequila. So he's been going to distilleries. So, and, so there, there, there's many people. Who will buy tequila based off his recommendations? Because that's what an influencer yeah, is. He has 400,000 followers on TikTok. I wish I was making it up. He so has what? 400,000 followers When's on TikTok. When's he going to promote Ace Cast? Uh, well, we need, I, need to, I, was, I should have invited him up here. My wife is on a, at a bachelorette party. I could have had him come stay, and he could have came and gave Bring up Bring that tequila. 400 grand to Ace Cast. Let's go. Uh, do you want some news? I mean, we buried the lead. I don't uh, Folks. This, there is a list, there's multiple lists actually, that you can go online and look at the dumbest baseball sports injuries of all time. Like one that I always think about is uh, uh, Jeremy, uh, left-hander. Affelt. Affelt, I was about to say Affleck. Jeremy Affelt, <laughs> who had frozen, we all, we've all done this, right? Especially when you have kids or you're in college. You got the stack of frozen burgers. Yeah. And he was trying to separate the the stack of frozen, I either had a knife or a, a spatula knife, knife, a knife yeah. and he cut his hand, right? You got dumb, you got guys play video games in the NBA, end up hurting their hands because they play. T- There's been some of that. Jesus Lazardo yeah. punching his yeah. hand because of Con- a video game. Didn't, didn't Drew Pomeranz punch the water cooler at the A's and break his hand? Yes, that's been <laughs> done a lot. Uh, Lou Trevino fell in the shower and hurt his knee. <laughs> Andrew Bogut, well, he if was- I remember correctly, 
while in the bathroom sneezed, which a lot of people hurt their back sneezing. That's true. It's a I didn't know that until Andrew, when I was covering the Warriors, and it happened with Andrew Bogut. That Bogut, I mean, he was a house of cards anyway. Sneezes, back goes out, seven, what was he, seven what? Seven, one, seven, two. 300 and something pounds yeah, goes down, can't get up. They had to come get him. Yeah. He was in such bad shape from sneezing. So a lot of bizarre sports injuries, whether you're Madison Bumgarner or dirt bike. Yep. your Jeff Kent washing his car ends up being on a motorbike. However, <laughs> see, it's my responsibility. Fernando Tatis. As a, as, a, as a member of the Bay Area media, to remind you about Giants information. You know, they want to remember him as washing his truck. I need to remind you he was riding a motorcycle, Jeff Kent. Or that the Giants are having the biggest collapse that we've ever seen in Major League Baseball because Giants media has now moved on to Niner media. And they don't want to remind you that the Giants are having the biggest collapse we've ever seen from one year to another in Major League Baseball history. I feel it is my duty to remind you of that. They're currently 65 and 73 after their loss today. So that's, if you do the math, 107 minus 65 is 42. So that's a. When they have a light tower go out and they can't play, I need to remind you of that. (laughs) <laughs> I need to remind you of Giants news that they, now the Giants media, want to not talk about and move on to the Niners. See, they easily just move on. It's like it's like I get, got a rug right here. You just sweep it under the rug, and now it's Trey Lance and Jimmy G. Some people in the media need to remind you of what's going on with the Giants. And I will be that person. I'll be on that watch for you as this historically – bad season for the San Francisco hey I I report on how bad our season is I have to report on how bad the Giants is but with that said um, where's the breaking news sounder this is breaking news uh, Ray's still getting his uh, chops in well we bought Ray a Dave Stewart jersey true, yeah. he should be we gave him you, for you, his you, hard work if you want to see it it'll be Live from New York on the ABC Sports Desk, I'm Chris Townsend. Your news. James, according to Martin Gallegos, covers the A's for MLB.com on Twitter, per Mark Kotze from his media session. James Caprillian, also known as Cap, laceration on his middle finger was caused by extending his arm out while putting on his shirt and hitting a poster on his wall. Kotze said the hope is Caprillian will only miss me? one turn in the rotation. Are you kidding me? Let me read that again. You can't pitch because you hurt your finger putting on a shirt on a poster? You got to be kidding me. Yep. He was scratched with a right middle finger laceration. That's now the second ace pitcher that's had a middle finger issue. The other one being Paul Blackburn. He's out for the year. No, this isn't a, his isn't a laceration. So, like I said, Cap's laceration on his middle finger per Martin Gallegos of Mark Kotze's Media availability in the dugout earlier today, which we would have saw when we were down on the field, which we are not. His laceration on his middle finger was caused by extending his arm out, so meaning he went like this, I guess, while putting on his shirt 
and hitting a poster on the wall per Mark Kotze. The plan is hopefully he only misses one start in rotation. So he goes to the He's already missed a start because they put him in the bullpen. Now he's back, and then he's not back. Uh, from what I've been told from my sources, uh, Austin Pruitt will start tonight. Might be a bullpen game. So there's your news. All right. I, 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 I. Move over uh, uh, pitch clock, which if you turn on MLB Network, uh, they're not doing it right now, but they were doing it during the Phillies-Nats game. They had the pitch timer when Syndergaard was pitching, and they were seeing how fast he would go to the mound. Mount hey, to the home plate. Hey, let, 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 let's, let's be honest here. We're in professional sports, and you either deliver or you don't. And in the end, when you don't deliver, they will move on from you. And I, I, have, I have gotten into the James Cap corner on a lot of things I have said and I kind of mentioned this with David Forrest who didn't run with it yesterday by the way I, 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 I extended this to David and said okay I mentioned it about my theory about cap I mean the same thing with Cody Thomas who we're seeing guys have lost years these very important years in your career James Caprillion was drafted in the first round by the New York Yankees. 15th, 14th, 15th, something In 2015, I believe. And when you're drafted at that point, they're drafting you to be the dude. They're drafting you to be this guy. This guy who, even though it may be dying, is a front-of-the-rotation guy. Maybe coming back now with this new news today. But you're supposed to be somebody coming out of UCLA who – vaults through the system, gets into the Yankee rotation, and starts winning games and help them win games. That, that's why they're drafting you the first round. Because if you're not, if they're not drafting a pitcher, you might as well go get a hitter, a guy that's going to help you. But they're drafting you the first round because they think, they think you're going to help them at the big league level. Yes. That's why you're taking in the first round, second round, third round. Eh, you might go away. We're talking about the kid from Atlanta who went in the 11th round. Um, Von, Grish- Von Grisham. We're talking about it. You rough a guy in the 11th round, and he turns out to be this guy. Oh, my God, that's golden. But first round, you're expected to help at the big league level. Boom, Tommy John hits. Happens. All right, going to be timeout. Well, it doesn't go smoothly for James. And that time lingers, and there's rehab after rehab. So this time that he's supposed to learn how to become the guy. He loses that because he's a rehab guy. He's not pitching in games. He's not competing. He's not learning to be that guy. Finally, trade leaves New York, comes to Oakland, land of opportunity. You're going to get that chance once again to be that guy. And now you're finally healthy and what's hit? What hits? COVID. COVID hits. Now you don't even have a season. So they throw you in an alternate site. In San Jose. In San Jose, at San Jose Municipal Stadium, and you just work out. So now you've spent X amount of years of the learning curve for you to be that guy, the dude. You've spent practicing and rehabbing and not pitching. And now all of a sudden, 
And that's why I keep trying. I've been throwing it out there. I do it on this show. I've been doing it on my NBC hits. And I keep reminding everybody, he's not a kid. He's 28 years old. He's in his prime. This is when he should be that guy. He should be a top-of-the-rotation guy. He should be going out there, and everybody's like, it's wind day. It's wind day. Who's on the mound? It's Caprillion. It's wind day. But we don't do that. Why? Because he's never developed into that guy. And what he's done this year, he's been a five-inning guy. They don't have the confidence in him to go more than five. And a lot of that I blame on us. You should. I don't care what the numbers are. To hell with the numbers. you got a bad season going. Allow the guy to learn how to do that, and you don't allow him to do it. Shame on you. And now you take him out of the rotation because the last four starts, I got the information here. Last four start, last five starts, 0-4 with a 6.46 ERA. Bad. He had a stretch there pretty good, but he's been bad. Was it 33 straight starts? He hasn't gone in the seven. Is that what it is? I think it's 33 now, yeah. 33 straight starts dating back to last year, six innings or less. Worst stretch in A's history. Fact that you haven't got an out in the seventh inning in one start, not good. And you know, here you go. This is September. This is it, Cap. You got all these other guys coming. Here's Langoliers. Here's Sears. Here's Martinez. More guys coming. And they put you in the bullpen. We've watched him work out. He's gotten in these extensive workouts to build up for this start. And then what happens? Bang. You cut your finger putting on your shirt and hitting a poster? What, that's a what poster they, that's what or what? Uh, I don't know. Good question. What a was in poster? The, maybe in the clubhouse? I don't know. Or at home? Good question. Who knows where it happened? I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you just. You start wondering, I don't think there's a problem, but if if Cap is not here next year with the A's, will we look at this scenario and say, remember, yeah, couldn't make that start because he was putting on his shirt and he hurt his finger on a poster? Uh, that, should, that might be one of the things that gets brought up for sure, that this – I'm like at, at some point, I'm looking at our game notes and caps. The caps not even in there because of the. I think because the, they probably knew about the injury. First thing in here, you look at the second page. It's bullpen notes. So, I, I, you, you only have so much patience. I mean, obviously they took it in a in, in the year of discovery, as we have dubbed it. Uh, you've taken them out of the rotation, and now you put them very briefly, and now you put them back, and you did it. With the eye of working him out, we've we've watched it from the press box before we've gone down because he's been out there early, and you've done this extensive stuff with him to get him ready for this start, and then he can't go. I mean, I, I don't know. They're not going to tell us, but, I mean, my patience is wearing thin. If my patience is wearing thin, because, once again, I'm not dealing with a 24-year-old. I'm not dealing with a young prospect. When does he turn 29? Let me check. I mean, he's 28. This is the prime of your career. I mean, next year you're 29. I mean, you're 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 on the doorstep of of your 30 season. You're well, in your 30s. Spring training, March 2nd. He's 29. Started next year. He's 29. This is I mean, you, your career to date. 
you're too old. You think back of the baseball. I'm younger. I think baseball reference. Uh, your baseball reference page, I'm like, what does it say? Not much. And you're 28, about to be 29. Yeah. I mean, how frustrated are you? If you're not – I mean, I would be worried. But then also from cap standpoint, I may be getting me out of here because you don't want me to go more than five. Oh, the mariachis. Can I get some chips and salsa? Where's the margaritas? Even uh, though I don't drink anymore, margaritas would be nice. Uh, for me, yes. I mean, since you don't drink. I can go a virgin. I never heard someone ask for a virgin margarita before. That's interesting. I have never asked one either, but there always well, there, is a there's start. always a first for everything. <laughs> but I can see where Cap may be a guy that maybe needs a new look. And I, boy, I, I, is that Sunny Gray trade a stinker? I, I, I was, mean, we're starting to look at another trade that's a stinker. We're already now Zach Logue going down. Kevin Smith's in Triple A. Kirby Steen hasn't really been setting the world on fire. I mean, the Matt Matt Chapman. Wait, wait I mean. Matt, what are you getting from Matt? I mean, he second, he, we, we got on him about his batting average. He, he's second in the, on the Blue Jays in home runs behind only Vlad. By the way, though, it's all home. It, it's all home, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like 19 it, to 5 or if something. If you like go that. look at Matt Chapman's splits, Matt Chapman at on the road is terrible. I mean, really, he's terrible. His OPS just, his OPS just plummets. I mean, he's hit. Was he hitting? Was he hitting like at two, uh, two, uh, two, I want to say it's close to 230 now. you got to remember, it's the same thing I told you about Josh Donaldson. I said, and that's when on my old talk show on the other radio station, I said, you trade Josh Donaldson to Toronto, he's going to explode. Came the MVP, got the most votes of the All-Star game. Why? Because you put him in an offensive huge environment. Not only is the Rogers Center, you call it the Sky Dome, a launching pad, but you now put him on turf and all your ground balls are going in for base hit. I mean, it's highly offensive. So you look at take my take, take Matt Chapman out of the Rogers Center this year and look at his numbers. He's not very good. All of his numbers are at home. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. I think he has like 19 home runs at home or 18. It's it's really high. But I will always like Matt Chapman because he's a gamer. And Matt Chapman, and we're gonna have to get on this this day. Matt Chapman was someone who didn't care about his stats. He cared about winning. That's something I will always respect about him. That no matter what, the end goal for him was winning games. He could go 0 for 4 and be happy because the team won. He was about winning. That's what I always respect. Oh, we got to get to Mark Kotze. I just, I, I really wonder future of James Caprilli. I'm with you. An injury like this, I mean, I'm shaking my head. He could. My thing, real quick, forget to Kotze. I thought he could have been that super reliever for the A since he only goes five. He could be a perfect guy in that, that extended bullpen role. But he's supposed to be a starter. I know. Well, hey, Josh Hader was supposed to be a starter. But Hader was – when was Hader moved, though? Uh, well, he went from the Orioles to the Astros to the Brewers. But at what age was – Oh, he it, was in his – yeah, he was in his early 20s. I mean, we're talking he's 28. He's, he's, he's months away from being – 29. October, November, December, January, February? I mean, Andrew Miller's – He's five months away from being 29. Uh, I gotta find new better examples. I always use Miller because, but he's like the one guy that went for being a starter. How to many? A look up Ray real quick. How many starts has James Cap had this year? I think it's twenty-two. Yeah, twenty-two. Then he had the eleven starts last year. He didn't go, but you could double check. But I'm pretty sure it's twenty-two. I mean, 
That's not a lot. We're not talking about a body well, of work here at, by the time you're 28 years old. Ray's trying to find out on the back of his baseball card. What do you got, Ray? It is 22 starts in 2022. What do you have last year? 24 with 21 starts of three appearances out of the pen. And now you're going to be 29. Can't go past six innings. I mean, you're still cheap. That 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 That's yeah, something that plays. Go. But, I mean, at some point, if I say right now, the rotation, opening day, next season, top of your head, Cole Irvin, not, not knowing who gets traded or what moves could happen. Cole Irvin. Blackburn. Paul Blackburn. Sears. Sears. Waldachuk. Waldachuk. Adrian Martinez. Well, where's Cap? Are we forgetting someone? No. There's no one that's on it. There's no other one else that's hurt. Yeah, yeah there's, where's Cap? Where's Zach Logue? Are we forgetting someone else? I swear I thought there's another setter we're missing. Okay, yeah, where's Cap? Well, I mean, long, long, Cap, long Cap, relief? Cap technically should be that third guy. It should go Cole. You're right, though. That is a Jason Schmidt. It sounds like, is that Jason Schmidt? That's Nationally. Pirates legend Jason Schmidt. Don't you forget that. That is true. Uh, I was thinking Cole, Blackburn, Cap. That's how you should say it. And then Sears and Waldachuk. But now I, I don't know exactly how you look at Cap. I, and then if you go into spring training – and knowing God knows no one's going to go with anything extensive, I, I just I don't know. It's interesting. It becomes kind of a wild card now. What what to expect, especially a guy who's had 33 starts and hasn't. I mean, it's average this year. He's averaged five innings a start. Yeah, and he can, he's going to go. What he likes 22 starts, and maybe he gets one or two more because they said they hope he only misses his start with the finger laceration. This is tw- what do we have? 22 games left. Uh, 24, including tonight. No, no, no. It's less They're, than that. We're 50 and 88. So that's 130, it's 130, what is that, 138? Yeah, so plus 24. Right, we're 1588, correct? Yeah, I'm just going to do the schedule here. After, I'm not counting this game. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, so 7, 23. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 1, 2, 2, 20, 23 games. Yeah, so 24 including tonight, yeah. So he's out. So maybe he makes three to four more starts? Three? Three? Well, I figure every five days. Oh, six-man rotation now, right? I mean. So maybe two starts? We'll see. All right. We, let the, we, let, we left our fans waiting long enough to hear All from right. Potts. It is time. Do we have the sponsor in there so I don't have to say Yeah, sponsor's in there. It is time for the Mark Kotze Show right here on A's Cast Live. Time now for the Mark Kotze Show here on A's Cast, brought to you by Nest Betting. Check out their location, Albany, Berkeley, or you go online to nestbetting.com. For all of your betting needs, it's your mattress, it's your pillows, it's your sheets, you name it, use the coupon code OAKLAND to get 10% off your entire order. Go to nestbetting and nestbetting.com. Kotze, how you doing today? Doing great, Tony. Um... You know, cleaning up an apartment, uh, had some coffee, and uh, getting ready for the day to go in the office. Do you ever feel like, ah, the good old days like college when life was so simple? (laughs) Yeah, the the lack of responsibility. Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) Your mom's not grinding you about cleaning stuff up and laundry. It's just you got your apartment, and it is what it is. Yeah, those were the days I can remember back to when, you know, at Cal State Fullerton, the very first apartment I lived in, I had three other roommates, 
and I can tell you it wasn't very clean. So I moved out and thought I had a better roommate and then I ended up with two ferrets in my apartment. So that wasn't a, that wasn't a good swap at all either. Oh man, the good old days, you know, how, how, just how unusual is it when it's this hot, the way the ballpark plays small, because we never see the Coliseum play small. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've been here for, this is my seventh season, I think. And, uh, the, there's very, very few times I can remember it playing like this for consecutive days. And we might get a hot day here. Throughout your career, you got to understand it. You got to deal with it and you got to shake it off and just be better the next time out. Yeah, no question. You put it behind you. I said kind of that last night as, as from a team's perspective, last night's game, uh, you know, you turn the page on, um, you know, there were positives to take away from last night's game. Um, you know, uh, Tyler's here coming in and, and throwing two and two thirds, I think it was of, of really good, you know, clean pitching. And, uh, so, but for, for JP Sears, you know, that's an unusual outing. Uh, that's the hardest he's been hit, uh, all season, including with the Yankees. And, uh, you know, I mentioned it last night in my in my press conference post game that there may have been, um, you know, he may have been showing some of his pitches. Uh, and the White Sox are a really good team at at picking up tip pitching. And um, you know, it's it's one of those outings where for JP these next few days are going to seem like forever. He wants to get back on the mound right away and put that one behind him. What is the number one thing that you're looking at in your players as we finish up the last I, I twenty something games? You know, I, I think it's just to continue what we've built in the culture with the character of the fight. The word "fight" means something, and the word "grit" means something. That uh, up until this season is is finished uh, on that last day. I think it's October fifth, I believe, against the Angels at home. Um, that we just continue to grind. That they continue to to uh, play the game the right way and, and work hard, uh, you know, through this finish. Well, and I think for all these n- new guys that you have, 30 rookies on the year, I know a lot of people have talked about, well, you know, got to finish strong, but why would you want to finish strong? These guys are getting to live out their dream, Cots. I mean, they've dreamed their entire life of this moment. Yeah, Tyler said it best last night. Uh, he came in the dugout obviously pitched the night before and anytime a reliever does that you, you you err on the side of caution generally with pitch count um and you know you want to protect those guys but he came in the dugout and said he'd been waiting eight years to pitch on this mound that he wasn't going to come off of it and so he went back out and pitched the eighth inning and and you know from that standpoint you want those type of guys on your team you want the guys that are selfless and uh, that was a great example of it last night yeah, you love hearing that, and and, and just the moment and, and, and understanding the opportunity that you have is something special, and I talked to Cole Irvin about this yesterday. When you start, and I know it, it's it's cart before the horse. We have, to, have, we have a long way to go, but when you start looking at names like Cole, and then you throw in Blackburn, and then you look at what Langoliers has given you, you think about Sears. Do you start? I'm not going to say getting excited, but do you start to see that you're going to have a, some legit starting pitching for next season? Yeah, I, I think you, you have to have a vision, um, you know, looking forward as to the talent level and the guys that are in the system and the guys that are currently on the roster. And you, you mentioned Cole for the year he's had. 
uh, you know, Blackburn up until uh, his, you know, injury and, and, and DL or IL stint. Um, you know, we're getting a look at a young left-hander and, and Ken Waldachuk, who's, you know, been in two outings, um, pretty, pretty impressive. Um, you know, up until last night with JP Sears, you get excited about that left-hander. And again, that's just one start. Um, there's some guys, you know, that we haven't seen that we haven't got to look at in our system down below some of the trades that we acquired some arms in, um, you know, the back end of our bullpen, um, you've seen of late, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, Domingo Acevedo, uh, you've seen the growth in AJ Puck, um, you know, you, you also, uh, Danny Jimenez, the success he had up until he got hurt with, uh, Zach Jackson as well. So, you know, there is, there is a lot of positives. There's a lot of, you know, talented young players that, that have had some impact here at this major league level this season. And as you mentioned with 30 rookies, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a real, a little bit of a roller coaster ride because it's a learning process here and, and the growth and development is really important. And, uh, and I think we've seen some of that, um, you know, pretty consistently in, in some of those names. How important is management of these bullpen guys that you just mentioned who have all thrown more than they've ever thrown in a, in a season before at this level? Yeah, it, it's really important, you know, and, and unfortunately for, for Danny Jimenez and, and Zach Jackson right now, you know, it, it could have caught up with them. Um, but Danny's had an, a long, um, you know, not long career, but, in, in terms of the amount of innings he's pitched, he's, he's gone through a season, a full season where Zach Jackson, you know, a younger guy, um, you know, those appearances catch up with him and, and Zach's a, a max effort guy. So, uh, you know, um, that's going to uh, impact kind of his usability uh, and durability, I would say. So it is important to, to watch the workloads, you know, uh, Danny uh, Domingo, Acevedo's at a, at a career high in, in innings pitched and appearances. I think he's among the lead leaders. It says something about the success he's had this season, the role he's filled for us. And again, you know, AJ Puck in this role, it's different uh, than starting. And, uh, you know, we're going to definitely take a look at, at, at the amount of innings and, and the appearances he's made as well. You know, I always wonder what young players get out of these ceremonies that they get to see. You know, we just honored the 2002 team we honored the 1972 world series champion team we're going to honor and retire dave stewart's number on sunday i mean looking back in your career did you get anything out of it when you were a young player and what do you think your young players are getting out of it seeing it yeah well the first impression i got of uh, a major league team was the 1997 world series champion marlins that i was a rookie on and uh, first time in a major league clubhouse sitting next to guys that had, had you know, impact and, and major success at the, at the big league level, uh, just talking and having those conversations with those type of guys, uh, you know, you, you gain knowledge, you, you, you're very humbled by, by the experiences. And, uh, and then in terms of, you know, our history and our heritage, the Oakland athletics and what this organization has, uh, the success it's had and, and bringing those members of, of those teams that have had success back um, definitely opens the eyes of these young players uh, from just a pure, um, you know, 
as I, as I mentioned, a heritage standpoint and, and, and the class of this organization. Let's end on this. It looks like we're going to get some rule changes coming out today, and actually it's going to be real soon, uh, about what we're going to see next year. And one of the big ones is changing how you're able to shift and basically banning the shift. How do you feel about that, and how do you think it will affect the game? Well, you know, as, as a baseball purist, you, you, the implementation of new rules is always going to be challenging. It's change. And, uh, you know, for, for myself, banning the shift, uh, if it's going to, you know, help the offense, uh, you know, create more runs, uh, I'm probably a fan of it. Um, you know, from a strategic standpoint and defending, um, you know, there's been times this year where I've looked at Darren Bush and said, let's just put four infielders on the right side against this left-handed hitter. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's going to probably increase, you know, the the desire for a little more athleticism in the middle than what it, than what we've seen over maybe the past few years where you take that third baseman and put him in second base and you can play him there. But now, you know, if, if that's the direction we're going, um, you know, you might have to to look at the uh, the range factor and and uh, consider that in decision making. So, uh, you know, maybe looking forward, we can run some type of motion defense, County, and like as the pitch comes, just start sprinting. Let's see what those rules are going to look like, right? Just sprint the shortstop over as the pitcher goes into his delivery. I wonder if that's going to be legal or not. I like put put a guy in motion like the NFL. I I I I, I anything to make stuff more interesting. But I know this: <laughs> back in the day, you loved ripping that base hit back up the middle of that line drive, which is now caught because a guy's there. But as a hitter, you were taught your entire life to hit the ball back up the middle. Now you get rewarded again. Yeah, no, that's true. And and again, I remember in 2015 as the first time hitting coach, uh, you know, coaching. Uh, Matt Kemp at the time and having him just focus on hitting line drives up the middle and then being caught and him coming back to the dugout just pissed off as hell at me and just saying, I'm just going to pull it over the fence and just, you know, so it, it's going to be interesting. There's some other rule changes as well. The the bigger bases, I don't know the impact that's going to have on, you know, stolen bases is three inches of a bag, you know, going to help a guy steal a base. Um, you know, the time clock is, you know, and, and I haven't dug into the, uh, specifics of the time clock, but if they're really limiting pickoffs to two, that's going to be interesting. That's going to change a little bit of, of uh, the offensive strategy and, and stolen bases. So it'll be interesting to see when these rules come out. I'm sure we'll have a conversation about them next week. And if, uh, if there are, um, you know, nuances to these changes, uh, it's going to take some time to get used to for sure. Great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Stay cool. All right, Tony. Thanks, man. That's our guy, Mark Kotze, brought to you by Ness Betting. Check out their location, Albany, Berkeley, or go online, nessbetting.com for all your betting needs. Sponsors of the Green and Gold, love the Green and Gold. Joe Alexander, going to be here tomorrow, our sponsor. And hanging out with Mark Kotze, use the coupon code Oakland, get 10% off your entire order, and your bed, sheets, pillows, you name it. And that's the bed. 
Ricky Henderson sleeps on. Mark Kotze and his family sleeps on. His daughter at USC, we got beds. We got beds all over. Bob Melvin, yep, that's not true. only Melvin's house in Arizona, but his vacation house in Sedona, you name it. Uh, yeah, and uh, I voice the spots well, for the time being. Uh, we really didn't get into shifts or uh, shifts. So the way I view it is basically this will be the big boom for left-handed hitters. Joey Gallo. Matt Olson? No, I think any left-handed hitter. Yeah, but I'm looking at guys like Gallo who complain about the shift and they can't hit. I think Here's your time. Let's see. No, I think it's any any guy. Because as a left-handed hitter, you got to the big leagues because you can turn on a baseball. Yeah. Right? And everything is taken away from you on the right side now. There's always three to four guys there. That's not going to happen anymore. So the base hit in between second and first is now back. And the ball up the middle is now back. Yeah. So now you're talking about X amount of base hits now improve a lot of average for the left-handed hitter. And even though, because let me tell you something, I have this for you just to tell you how much this is going to help every left-handed hitter. Shifting against left-handed hitters, 22.1% in 2017, jumps all the way to 55.6 this year. Over half the time, and now that's gone. So, really, anybody who's left-handed, this will benefit. The league batting average right now, it's the lowest since 1968 at 243. That'll go up. It's the batting average in baseball is the third lowest ever in the live ball era. And strikeouts are the fourth highest strikeout rate ever. All that is going to change. And home runs are down. Yeah, and home well humidor. I mean, well, yeah, we're looking at we're looking at the two leaders. What is it? The Yankees and Braves are like two, like around like two ten each. And what the minor leagues has taught us, with the pitch clock, strikeouts are down, walks are down, home runs are down. But now batting average goes up. For someone who still is into batting average, I can't wait to watch the numbers change in front of our eyes. To watch the math, what it does to all of your numbers. The more hits you get. The better your numbers get yeah. Batting average in general. And, well, and then, you know, the stats that you look at on the back of your baseball cards, OPS and slugging. Does OPS go up? All that goes up. Does war go up you know, when you get more mass? You know what you know also goes up? Your expected batting average. My expected batting average is now going to be 430. But, no, we're going to – I mean, it's kind of pathetic when you're looking at the, 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 batting, the batting race, right? Who's going to win the batting title? And you're like, oh, the guy's hitting 318. We could see guys get back to 330, 340. I mean, look at right now. What are we talking about with Paul Goldschmidt? Why is Paul Goldschmidt running away with everything? We're talking triple crown again because he does it all. Because your good friend Ducky Medwick was the last guy to do it in 1937 in the National League. Where were you in 1937? Uh, My grandparents, who were both deceased, were like 20. And we remember that report we talked about last offseason. We showed pitchers. The data showed it. Pitchers walk more guys with the shifts behind them. A lot of pitchers hate the shift too, though. Oh, I, know, totally. I know Kershaw's not a big fan of it. So, so all of a sudden, we're now we could see a dramatic change in walks. By the way, all the Moneyball stuff, rip it. These rules are going to really kill what we think of as Moneyball. Oh, walks. Do we care how a guy gets on base? You do not. Yeah, because you're going to have a lot more strikes, and you're going to have to swing it. Last one. Remember the Terrence Long scene? Well, you pay me to get on. That's what you pay me to do. No, I paid you to get on first, not get thrown out at second. Eh, well, I don't know. I think that's going to go out the window. 
VML Machine with the best line today saying that the bags, the new bags we're going to be playing with, it's like a small, it's like a medium pizza box. I like that. You'll hear VML Machine on in Ace Little Access today. To me, this is all good, and let the numbers begin. We'll play out the rest of this year by the way they've helped hurt baseball, and we'll see the changes. And there's going to be people go, I don't like change, especially the players. Let's just watch. It won't take long, a month in, two months, three months, and we'll say, look at the difference in baseball. Look at batting average. Look at hits. Look at stolen bases, strikeouts down, walks down. We'll see how it improves not only the pace of play and how long it takes the game, but how the game is played. And if you make it more entertaining and more exciting, maybe get people back into baseball and elevate our sport back to where it should be. If we can get to two hours and 43 minutes like it is in AAA, sign Oh, up. my. And we can get it to 2.30. Uh, that's perfect. That's, that's perfect. If Cole Irving could get a game in under two hours, that's what we're going to talk about. Two hours and 15 minutes, I, that, that, you, you'll, make my you'll make me love my sport again. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Amori P. Amori P. Gonzalez, radio legend, of course, does the play-by-play. Spanish for us as it's his, uh, Hispanic uh, Appreciation Night. Vimal Machine stopping by here and also Mark Kotze. Anything else? No, that's it. Coming up next, A's Total Access brought to you by Chevron. I'll be back in minutes. I got to run back to the press box. Thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll be back Monday. No, Tuesday. We have Monday off. Yeah, another, we have Monday off oh, every time oh. the, rest of the uh, rest of the year. We have Monday Tuesday's off? Tuesday's my last show for my trip to Europe. Oh. Another Monday. I'll find. We'll see you Tuesday at what yeah. time? Uh, 2 o'clock. We're playing the Rangers. See everybody on Tuesday. Thanks for watching and listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.